Welcome back. This is episode two of the second series of the Lost Map podcast. I'm your host, Pictish Trail. Hello. And I'm recording this from my shed up here on the Isle of Egg in the Scottish Hebrides. For the next 40 minutes, you can shut yourself off from the rest of the world and imagine you're up here on the island too. This is the second part of our feature on the Los Angeles collective Arthur King, who came over to Egg in 2019 to take part in our artist residency programme, Visitations. This is a programme in which we invite artists to come over to the island for a week-long stay. They write and record new music and we release this music on vinyl and digitally via the Lost Map label. You can get more information at lostmap.com forward slash visitations. In last week's episode, we spoke with Arthur King members Jason Lytle, Aaron Espinosa and Peter Walker. We got a bit of insight into how Jason discovered music during his formative years, leading him to create music as the frontman for the alt-rock band Granddaddy. And we got a bit of background information on Arthur King and their Changing Landscapes programme. We left off just as the six members of Arthur King were arriving on Egg, lugging all of their equipment off the ferry amid a downpouring of rain. <laughs> oh, I'm transported back there just now. I was there to meet them off the ferry in my pickup truck and I drove them straight up to their accommodation for the week, which was St. Franny's Bothan. St. Franny's uh, is a new build and it's where we've conducted our entire second series of visitations. For our previous series, we used an eco-cabin on the north side of the island called Sweeney's Bothy, which was a perfect space for individuals and couples. For this series, we wanted to be able to involve more players and incite wider collaboration. And so St. Franny's was a more appropriate space for that. It's a larger space with beds for four people, and there's a sofa bed there too. You can discover the bottom for yourself if you go to saintfranes.com. There will be a link in the show description of your podcast app. So let's get back to it. Here's Jason Lytle with a description of life in St. Franny's. The cabin, or the bothy, as they call them in um, Scotland, was really comfortable. Uh, apparently it had just been built. It was uh, just one of those nice spots where it had just as much stuff as you needed and not too much. Had a nice layout and uh, still smelled like fresh wood. We were the first people who stayed in it, so we kind of de-virginized it as far as... Um, filling it full of souls. We were a little piled on top of each other in there, but it just, you know, it added to the, the camaraderie and, um, yeah, the togetherness that we were feeling. We're all friends from California, so I had been over there for a while, so I was really elated to be able to meet up with pals. So, yeah, lots of good times were had, and we cook, we cook lots of food, and we listened to lots of music, and the fact that we all crammed together like that added to our ability to, you know, discuss, you know, how we were going to go about, you know, looking for things and and going through footage. At the end of the day, you could kind of see who was 
who was gathering what kind of stuff, and maybe if so much of that was happening, then maybe somebody else start focusing on that sort of stuff. And every day, every morning, it was like, all right, see you guys later, you know, off to the office. In this case, the office being just the island of Egg and being able to roam around aimlessly and, yeah, just gather sound and, and take footage. And anything that you thought was interesting that, that you thought may have been representative of the island, uh, yeah, just get it captured and then, you know, come back at the end of the day and have some drinks and sort through footage. Peter Walker and Aaron Espinosa describe their process. We just ended up focusing on everything that happened on the island. It was small enough that we could pretty much cover all the ground between the five of us. John Schlu, visual artist, Jason Lytle, musician, Peter Walker, musician, Aaron Espinosa, musician, and Aaron Farley, photographer. Yeah, so the five of us, we would basically just start the day out and just head out and maybe in groups of two or three or one or four or five and just see where you know where we were led by walking or taking a path that we hadn't taken or running into somebody and having a conversation and all the while having our microphones and cameras pretty much at the ready or rolling and so a few days later we ended up with all this material from all over the, the island you know that's what was cut up and put into our samplers and used as part of making this music and video performance um, that ended up becoming this record. things about egg that we knew we wanted to experience the shoreline the people you know and just exploring we saw for instance i think it was day one we walked past those windmills and we're like oh man we got to get closer to those things or whatever it was yeah and i think everybody kind of in the group has their own um style i think uh, and and aim in a way yeah. where you, Peter, you like to let things be as organic and natural as possible. So a lot of just environmental ambient recordings, and that's what you end up using a lot in your, in your work in the, in, on the musical performance side. I tend to sort of like be drawn towards, you know, there's rhythms in nature or the environment that may be there on their own. And then if you can capture them, that's really cool. Or, you can, I feel like sometimes manipulating some things are really interesting for me. So if I have a, say a, a rock, a stone and I'm in the, and I'm in the stream, you know, I can sort of like move the stone around and, and make it kind of have a, a, a drum like feel or tone or rhythm. Um, 
and even like running maybe my hands across the side of one of these uh, ships that were like beached, uh, beached basically one of Chris's ships beached up on the shore, like running your hand down the side of it and hearing the tone of the of the of the belly of the of the boat, you know, and, and recording that and it gives it like a tone and can kind of sort of turn that into an instrument itself. Um, so I think we all have different approaches to it, and I think that's why it becomes really cool when we share it together in the performances. They really did have quite a team mentality, and they definitely made their presence known on the island. (laughs) Um, There's a lot of people talking about them. Jason Lytle describes the matching items of clothing that each member wore. We had decided to uh, assume these outfits throughout our whole time there. It was basically white coveralls um, with a red knit cap, not too unlike Steve Zissou. Uh, I don't know, what the hell is that movie? I don't know, somebody will probably mention it. But we were pretty identifiable. As a matter of fact, it worked out pretty good because I'd be walking, you know, and like, you know, half a mile away, I could see groups of other guys in my group. You could spot them, you know, with the with the green landscape and the blue of the ocean and the sky. It was kind of hard not to spot these um, screaming white coveralls and like these red hats sort of wandering around with camera gear and recording equipment on their backs. So after spending the first five days of their stay gathering field recordings and film footage and then sorting through it all back in the Bothy at night, the members of Arthur King now had to find a space in which they could set up their instruments and projection equipment and capture a live performance. This is the essence of what Changing Landscapes and Arthur King is all about finding a location to perform the music and film improvisation and then recording the audio and visuals of that performance. But the question was, where were they going to do it? Here's Peter and Aaron. We didn't know, you know, the whole week we were like, where are we going to do this thing? We need a space to set up all of our gear that has electricity and that has a surface for projecting um, large scale of projection um, of John's, you know, improv visual collage of all the stuff that he captured during the week. And if it's pouring down rain, you know, which it probably will be doing, um, mm-hmm. is that going to work? It was so great how Ailey kind of came into the mix. Was that was it the first night? Yeah, the very first night. The Ailey that they are talking about is island resident Ailey Morrison, who is the island's poet and someone who also runs a weekly pop-up restaurant in the community hall, the Cayley Hall, during the summer called The Hub Club. I took everyone there on the first night that they arrived to have dinner. We went to the hall where Ailey was running a dinner every week, I guess. For the locals, it's like you just pay a few... I'm going to get this wrong. Um, units of money. <laughs> yeah, pounds. Probably pounds. I'd go with pounds. And you can have some really yummy cooked food. And so we went there and a couple of us got back and started helping her clean up and just hanging out with her. And she was great. And so anyway, that was kind of the introduction 
to Ailey, but then during the week we're kind of thinking, man, where where are we going to perform? And there were some spots that kind of were thrown into the hat. One of them was like a chapel. And then we were thinking, man, the logistics of that might be a little tricky. You know, we don't want to have any religious undertones happening unnecessarily. And so anyway, it ended up that Ailey's house was offered. She opened up her home to us in her living room and which was cool because it also turned out to be apparently one of the oldest homes on Lake yeah. Beach. So that had like a, some significance to the island too. So cool. And the outside of it is white, basically, so we could project on it. Even in the rain, made it happen. We brought a whole bunch of equipment and instruments out there. We took the furniture out and filled it with gear. That was kind of incredible. You could barely move it over. There. Yeah, yeah. Here's Jason Lytle with his take on what was happening at Ailey's house. At some point, it kind of got brought up of doing a performance at her place, and then it became doing the projections on her on the side of her house. And this was after a lot of uh, you know scouting around, trying to find locations. And she was up for it. Of course she was. She was an incredible sport and uh, super hilarious. And um, she cooked food, and we drank, and... And we just just talked a lot of shit, told stories, and laughed. And uh, I actually understood about 65% of what she said, which is pretty good. I'm usually like (laughs) 50-50. Anyways, man, somehow we moved all this equipment out of her, uh, no, all the furniture out of her living room and replaced it with equipment. And it could not have been a a tighter fit. We just did this improv performance in her living room, and it was really heavy. It was great. It was unrehearsed. Everybody kind of knew, you know, what their content was, and it was, yeah, it was just winging it. Peter Walker describes the music setup. There was no direction musically, no discussion really about the direction of the music or rules or guidelines. The only thing was really that we're going to get in a room together and get all our gear fired up and recording. The guidelines were that we were going to use the sounds that we were capturing as a primary base and basis for making music. And so we have... We all have samplers of some sort, but then we have some traditional instruments. I've got a guitar. Jason had a keyboard. Aaron, you had a keyboard or two. Mm-hmm. You see where it goes. And, and the great thing about Jason being a part of this is that whenever we have someone that's never done this with us, which is, this was the first time we've done it with the Changing Landscapes, but in the past, it's all full improvisation, what we do. So whenever someone new comes into the mix, it kind of adds this energy where everyone's ears open up a little bit more than usual, I think, to make sure that we're sharing the space with the new person and that what might happen is allowed to happen and no one's kind of steamrolling anything or trying to determine anything. It's just, it has that fresh energy. In addition to recording their performance at Ailey's house, The group played together again a few nights later in the very early hours of Sunday morning. It was like half three in the morning as part of our Howlin' Fling Festival. 
Now, for those who don't know, Howling Fling is an event that we put on every couple of years on Egg. It's a sort of showcase for the label roster, like live music across like three days plus DJs and stuff. Um, And yeah, lots of special guests. So when the plans for Jason and Arthur King came together for their trip to Egg, it was just too good an opportunity not to organise it so that the end of their stay coincided with our festival. So yeah, we had them play up at the Cayley Hall. That was completely different, and it was, but it was also the same. It was the same content, you know, the same ingredients, but it was just mutated. And for me, that was really enjoyable, you know, because there's, there's really no right answer, and you're kind of running on instinct, but you're still sort of abiding by the same idea of just all the sounds of egg sort of flowing in and out. And then, you know, you're, you stay aware of, you know, rhythmic elements coming in and, and supporting them with, you know, a bed of sounds. And then when there's like one person's doing certain melodic things and you kind of back off or you intertwine or, or then you sort of, you know, take the forefront. And it was just all this stuff swirling around. And I feel like both of the performances were really cool, really effective. And yeah, they both worked. And to be honest, I don't, I don't know which one of those Aaron edited together, how they took shape in terms of the recording. You know, it was all happening in real time and it was all inspired, you know, you know, sorry, my stomach is growling. It's my own growling fling. Yeah, it was all inspired by everything that we had done there and our whole our whole experience and just the people that we met. It was really cool for me to be a part of that, you know, this sort of one-off part of the Arthur King Presents thing because I get it. You know, I totally, I understand it. I think I was a little confused as to what it really was to begin with from a distance, but um, yeah, very, very cool idea. Aaron and Peter discussed their experiences of the festival. It was really cool because that generally the changing landscapes performances don't have audiences you know uh, there's not necessarily a rule but just in the past it, maybe there's a few people around but it hasn't been like a big audience kind of event it's usually where, we're in the middle of nowhere yeah usually in the middle of nowhere nowhere, nowhere <laughs> nobody knows where we are we don't know where we are but this was cool because it was a music festival and it was like an audience and a stage and a, and a pa and the whole thing and it's neat because we and we have done this with other you know finished projects changing landscapes projects where we'll take what we've done and we'll go out and play on tour you know so we will still perform you know we can do iowa in san francisco and and whatnot um so we had the opportunity to to perform egg on egg for the people of egg it's a lot of egg and it was really neat to show them like our version of what we think their island is like, yeah. you know, a little Polaroid, a little snapshot. And then we recorded that performance as well. And part of that festival performance actually made the cut on the album, on the Visitations release. That was so fun and insane. Both performances were fun and insane in their own way. But at Ailey's, you know, we had all day basically to set up, have a meal and make sure everything's dialed and then kind of collectively like, you know, get centered and just get into the music for a few hours. At the festival, it was fucking mayhem, <laughs> which is normal. Yeah, that's a music festival. Yeah. yeah. 
I don't think I had a mic on my guitar amp. Yeah. Other than that, just turn it up. Everything was pretty much <laughs> plugged in. And once the music started, it was you know it's the same no matter where we are because we're just doing it. But oh man, it was so fun. It was it was very early in the morning or late at night. When was it? Like four? I think we went five, on like at, yeah three in the morning three? or something. Um, <laughs> but when we stopped, when we stopped, it was starting to get light outside. Remember, yeah. the dawn was breaking and people were peeking and. We we dropped a scrim down in front of the stage that John could project on, and so we had these psychedelic mashup of egg and musically it was a mashup of egg and I don't know I only I, I would love to hear about what someone thought about that <laughs> from off the stage. From what I understand, everybody had a really good time. Yeah, it was it was so fun. I think it's cool because on the on I, it's the last track on the visitations release the arthur king um, visitations release is actually a live performance of of us at the howling fling festival and to me personally it was just such a representation of sort of the end like the wrap-up where the the come down maybe so to speak where was it the last track we played it's the last track on the album but it, i don't believe it's the last track that we played at the festival okay. but i do remember when i hear it and when i heard it when i was mixing it i was just transported back to that moment where we're playing on the stage and we end and I look I look and we get off stage and I look out and through the windows of the of the venue and it's complete daylight I mean we gave it our all and it, and it was just it just blew my mind that the sun had just come up and I don't know it was like a new day and it was just it was a trip it was transformation a, it was a trip. yeah transformation so I feel like that last track on the album really sort of sums up the the experience it's very like reflective but also triumphant and i think it's cool While the music is being performed, the other members of Arthur King, John Schlu and Aaron Farley, that's a different Aaron to the one you've heard from already. I know it's confusing, just keep up. Uh, John and the other Aaron were manipulating images and film that they'd captured of the island during the week and then they were projecting it in front of the band. Now, if that doesn't sound meta enough, they've made an entire short film, 30 minutes long, to accompany the Visitations record, I asked Peter and Aaron, the other other Aaron, to describe what role the projected visuals play in the whole thing. The visuals are a really important part and they both kind of exist side by side and feed off of each other. One of them's not totally following the other. I think, you know, without the visuals, we could just close our eyes and make an audio representation of, you know, using this process. And then Schlu could do the same thing without any music. He could just get into a visual interpretation, improvisation of his experience on the island. But when we do them simultaneously, they definitely feed off of each other. Oftentimes what happens is, I will end up closing my eyes if if something's going somewhere with the music and I'll just kind of lose myself. And then when I open them up again, I look at the visuals and I'm like, oh my God, that's exactly what's, that's, that's what's happening right now visually. <laughs> Other times I'll 
I'll look at the visuals and then react, you know, right away to them with what I'm doing. It's such a loop, you know, where mm. John is reacting to us musically and and perhaps at the very same time we're reacting to him um, visually. We're looking at his visuals and reacting to him musically. And so it's hard to tell like who's driving, but um, I think that's the point. It's just like a, it's um, one thing in- instinct. Yeah. And just great spur of the moment expression. You know, it's pure. That's, that's what it's all about. Mm. So yeah, the visual element has been compiled into a short film, which is going to be released over the summer by Danger Bird Records. And the music that the guys recorded on Egg has been edited and compiled together. And it makes up the first Visitations record in our new series. And you can purchase this record right now by subscribing to Visitations Series 2. Go to lostmap.com forward slash visitations for more info. I know I've said that already, but I just, you know, it feels, it just feels like it, it was another natural moment for me to plug the series. I asked Jason about his experience of the festival. I feel like all of us had uh, had the ability to enjoy the um, the festival and kind of pop in and pop out, watching various acts. You know, not just hiding away until it was our time to do our thing. I will admit it was strange to be on that island with its normal inhabitants and have it be relatively empty, <laughs> and then all of a sudden have it completely overrun with campers and people in slickers and wellies and tents, gallons and gallons of beer. And it was cool, though. I got used to the fact that I was sharing the island with 300-plus other people. And uh, it wasn't even so bad. It was... <laughs> Although, of course, it was pissing rain, so it kind of forced everybody even closer together and to um, you know gather underneath any sort of roofed area or covered area. It did get a little smelly. I guess that's only to be expected. Musty, maybe? Uh, ripe? So yeah, predictably, since Jason was on the island already, I had to make sure he did a solo performance as part of the festival. I did have the chance to play my my solo set. Most of the shows that I was doing throughout UK, Ireland, I was playing on real pianos, but... um. We got a decent sounding um, uh, digital piano, and uh, yeah, I had fun. That's a good size room for me, and I think I was just spaced out just enough, and I was just, I was just sort of swept up in, in all of the magic and mystery of egg to where I was really feeling it. I'll do those performances and. I get a little weirded out if they're too precious or, you know, if they're too serious because they're very much not, you know, a lot of them, a lot of the songs I'm playing are kind of intimate stripped down versions of more rockin' songs, but um, somehow I, I think I'm able to find a nice balance between making it comfortable and celebratory even rather than, it's not like, you know, shush, shush, you know, everybody stop, listen, it's me, I'm up here, I demand attention. <laughs> I've never been like that. I've certainly, I certainly didn't feel like being like that there on the island, you know, in the middle of whatever I was feeling during my stay there. I had a good time. I had a, f- I had a fun time uh, with that performance. Should never have left the cold. 
crystal lake For parties full of folks who flake Italian leather winter games Retired by the terror flames The crystal lake, it only laughs It knows you're just a modern man It's shining like a chandelier Shining somewhere far away from here Get out of here.
have to say it was a total treat hearing those songs on Egg. It really blew my mind. I've been such a fan of Grandaddy's music for so long that I found that performance an incredibly emotional experience. And uh, yeah, I know a lot of other people in the crowd did as well. Speaking of incredibly emotional experiences, Arthur King's performance finished at around half four, 5am on that Sunday morning of Howlin' Fling. And uh, yeah, 5am. I had to pick them up from the Bothy the next day. Well, the same day. I had to pick them up from the Bothy the same day at 9am. It's like four hours later. <laughs> and then drive them down to the pier for them to take the ferry back to the mainland. Mm. Here's Jason's take. His emotional take on the departure for Meg. Yeah, so getting all the gear onto the ferry was a treat. I say that facetiously. It was tough. It was crazy. There was everything barely fit. It's kind of emotional saying bye to Johnny and uh, such a wonderful adventure for all of us. I think we're all a little bit emotional. I should also mention that I had this whole other thing hanging over my visit there. I started this relationship with this girl and um, at that point our relationship was pretty much 100% online via Instagram direct messaging. <laughs> so the whole time I was on egg, I was scrambling to find cell service uh, so I could stay in contact with her. Because by that time, we'd you know, gotten pretty, pretty accustomed to staying in regular contact with each other. So when I was leaving egg and then getting onto a plane in Glasgow to fly to London... It was there in London I was going to meet her for the first time in person. So I just, I needed everything to line up. I needed our drive from the ferry landing to the airport to be on time. And then I needed, I needed the plane from Glasgow to London to be on time. And then I needed to get from London to the Airbnb without a hitch. And then I had to hope that her flight actually arrived because she was flying from America to London. And um, as luck would not have it, she did end up missing her flight. And uh, the whole thing got delayed, like another 12 hours or something. Anyways, we did meet, and it was, uh, it was pretty fantastic. Um, yeah, so it was a heavy trip. And then I still had another show in London to play, so I was still not completely relaxed. And my head at right now as far as my relationship uh, how the whole thing you know my final take on how egg panned out for me i i really want to go back again i bought you know this book the history of egg and i haven't read it yet so i want to get more of the lore down i want to get more history on the place and uh, kind of go back there with an even deeper perspective and yeah maybe even do my own uh, residency there I know that writing lyrics is really really hard for me that sort of solitude and time to power down and turn off the, the distractions of the modern world the likelihood of that happening are a lot better out there although I could very well 
distract myself with just wanting to be outside and not wanting to get any work done too. So I do feel like it's gotten under my skin and it's kind of gotten into my blood and I would very much like to go back again. I don't know, every, everyone was so nice and accommodating and that, you know, I kind of heard that it was going to be like that. The friendliness and the level of just genuine encounters and uh, um, I don't know, I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate real people. I appreciate real talk. I'm not a big fan of just, you know, rambling, spewing, annoying bullshit human beings. I did not encounter any of that my whole time there. And uh, I think that made me feel a lot more comfortable and around good people, my people. <laughs> I think that's a pretty good place to leave it, don't you? Thank you so much for listening to the Lost Map podcast. If you'd like to hear the music that Arthur King created on Egg, and indeed the music that's been created by Rachel Ags and Rosie Plain, who are our forthcoming participants, you should subscribe to the Visitations series. And you can do that by going to lostmap.com forward slash visitations. And there's all the information there on how to subscribe to the vinyl package or to the digital package. The Lost Map podcast is written and presented by me, Pictish Trail. Hello. Uh, With additional production and editing, also important editing, by my good friend, Joe Cormack. We'll be back with another episode soon. Ish. Ish. (laughs) 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 (laughs)